see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. All right, all right, all right. We have another episode, Grassroots. Another episode, another episode. Super exciting. We have a special guest today. And of course, in the usual Grassroots fashion, we always like our guests to introduce themselves. So please let everyone know who you are and what you got going on. What up, what up? It's Rico Love, Mr. Turner Life Song. And I'm here to promote my new album, Even King's Bad, which is available everywhere. I appreciate you all for having me on. Th- thank you, Rico. That was some real professional shit. How how often have you been doing that same drop? Because you, like, nailed it on the first go. <laughs> no, 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 normally niggas start studying and be like, yo, let me get my bag real quick. Let me figure it out real quick before before I get into it. I came in the game when you had media training, you know, so I've Oh, actually, you know what? Let's get into that. Well, Let's well, get into that. Well, go ahead. Rock out. Let's so, go. So that's interesting that you brought it up because that's a common thing that a lot of people feel with younger artists is that they're not, quote unquote, media trained. Um, and for you, you came in a time period where that was a thing. That was part of the package when it comes to signing artists. And that's even part of artist development. Like, how much have things changed that you've noticed since then compared to now? Well, basically, I mean, in, in so many ways, I think the attention to detail is not being paid, um, understanding how to be a professional, and just the basic qualities of professionalism is kind of like a lost art, but also just the way children have been raised in this generation between mine and, and you know, like, I'm 36 years old, and I just remember a time when you walked in the room, you shook people's hand, you looked them in the eye, you said hello, you spoke. Nowadays, we deal with artists who just kind of walk in the record companies, walk in the radio stations, don't say hello to anybody, walk in the restaurants, don't say hello, don't take the hell. Like, there's certain levels of principle that I feel like is kind of left after my generation. And I think this generation right after us, I think they kind of like lost that. There's a, there's a certain air of arrogance overall. It has, it has a bit to do with media training, but also has to do with home training. And a lot of that is like lost. Yeah, definitely. You know what? It's funny that you said that. That was the one thing um, I liked about you. When we went to your, your listening event with Orchard, uh, Orchard, 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 right? Orchard. I'm going to fuck yeah. Orchard. Um, I noticed yeah. that you took time out. Like most rappers and artists, they do their, their celebrity shit, you know, come in with shades <laughs> and go sit in the corner and just be celebrities. I, I yeah. thought it was very interesting. And I thought I respected it that you took time out to walk around the room and shake hands with pretty much everyone. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I thought that that was really, really classy, especially for people showing up for you. And I know that that event was, uh, you know, done really, really quickly. Is that something that you normally practice on on a day to day or it was just, you know, just no, one of those? Who I am. OK, that's just who okay. I, am. I have two kids. You know, you might hear my daughter in the background. But I have two kids, a three year old and eight year old. Nice. And I like I think that it's important for you to just be polite and kind. Mm-hmm. I don't like the word humble because the humble, uh, the word humble is like belittling. And uh, it was used as a word to kind of trick us into um, reverencing people, you know. And, and I feel like our humility should be towards God. But greatness 
means being polite and being kind and being on time and respecting everybody who you come in contact with. And I believe that that is the definition of being great and being amazing and being a king. So um, just being kind and polite in my day-to-day life is very important, you know. So I, it's not an act. That's not just me trying to, you know, be political. This is me. That's who I am genuinely. And, I, and obviously, you know, these people came to my event, but more than anything, you want it. You're promoting a brand. You're promoting an album. Why not go and see what people think of the project? Like, why not walk around and make impressions on people in the room? That's that's important. When I used to, when I was on tour with uh, Future, or when I was on tour with Monica, or on tour with Usher, after I would do my set, I would walk through the crowd, you know, and I would just kind of like fill people out. And I think that that's important to know what people are thinking. We don't live, after you become successful, you don't live in a regular neighborhood anymore. So your only interaction with people Real people are, are the ones that you make, or attempts you make in, in getting to know people in the way they think and feel and breathe and understand things. Definitely, definitely. Do you feel like that's missed now? When, when we talk about younger generations, like there, there's levels of just generations when it comes to just music, artistry, and just an overall craft. Do you feel like that's something that is really needed now, present day, where, where people just need to have a little bit more respect for, obviously, their elders and also just the, the fans? You know what I mean? Because just like us and, and just like you, like none of us would exist if it wasn't for fans and support so talk to me a little bit about that why how how are you have how have you managed to just stay very grounded and very connected to your core fan base and what has that done for you long term man for my album to come out with no promotion and be top five on itunes for a week straight that's got to be it's got to be some type of connection with the people who love me. It's a good, it's a everything. good fucking album. Not to cut you off, it's a good fucking album. I'll say that much. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but what it is is like, in order for anybody to know whether it's good or not, they got to be interested enough to go listen. Mm-hmm. And for it to be in the top five for one full week, seven days, you know, that's not just like always oh, spiked up because of that the first day it comes out and it's hype around it. That's like your know, serious interest in the record. And I think that that has everything to do with how I treat and interact with my fans and supporters on a daily basis. And the work I'm doing now is to get the people who aren't fans to know the record. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that it's become really, really cool to be, to have this arrogant mystique Mm -hmm. and have this air of, I don't really care if you buy my record or not. And I don't really care what happens with my music because I'm so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, to me, that's not cool. That's not, that's only going to get you so far. That's only going to work for you when you're hot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're not hot, it's important to get out here and make yourself hot and make yourself relevant again. And I understand, I'm not delusional about my position in the culture. I understand that a lot of people aren't familiar with who I am or who my brand, what my brand is. Mm-hmm. I would be foolish to not understand the position I'm in and not understand how important it is for me to work myself. So I think that sometimes when people are so on fire, they believe that I'm always going to be on fire. And that's not the case. That's yeah. really not the case. Mm-hmm. So you got to act as if you never, like I, I treat every day like nobody knows, you know, and that's important to me because I'm going to win over fans every time I walk out my house. Nice, nice. So um, one of the things that we wanted to discuss and, and talk to you about is your new partnership with Sony and the Orchard. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that and what does it entail and what does that mean for your career currently? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an incredible partnership where we kind of like, linked up and they're giving me, you know, assistance on my marketing. Um, I own the lion's share of the master. Um, and also, 
you you receive full 100% share of your master after a certain amount of time. So it's, a, it's an incredible situation. And also, I have a team of people who function in just same as the record company, if not better, because when I walked in, I had an incredible meeting the day of the party. I walked in and we had an incredible meeting at Orchard and Bro. Mm-hmm. They played every record on the album and everybody in the building knew every song. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced anything like that. That may be feel like I was at like bad way in 96. You know, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was 13 then. But I'm just saying like it felt like, wow, this this is what it's supposed to feel like. And um, so I, th- I love what they're doing over there. And what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be implementing myself in a major way over in the building. It's because it's not just about my record. It's about my Rico Love Presents platform. Mm-hmm. It's about my artist development platform. It's about the We Love Music Conference. It's about so many things that we're going to be partnering on. And um, the mistake I made when I was at Interscope was I spent two million of my own money. And I believe so much in myself. And I just felt like, well, I've always won, so I can't lose. And sometimes the best product doesn't always win. Mm-hmm. So now I learn how to work smart mm-hmm. and not just... Put, I believe in putting your money where your mouth is because you know your product is good. But sometimes you have to understand it's just not marketed properly because it's not handled properly. It don't matter how good it is. People don't hear it. They don't know. Definitely, definitely. That's one thing I talked about. Um, and we were talking, obviously, with Q. Shout out to Q. I often said that you're one of the more talented people that is is well-versed in writing and just overall artistry. What do you think it would take for people to start to really take to you because I, I i don't i don't know what is like hindering people consistency, consistency. okay like i took three years off because i was having a temper tantrum i was upset mm-hmm. i was angry mm-hmm. i well, couldn't believe that i could work spend two years of my life making this album and spend two million dollars of my own money and get no support and get no love on the record and then not do what i thought they could do so i was sad okay. you know I, I, I wasn't depressed but i was very much hurt and I just kind of like disappeared. So it's up to me to be consistent and, and make people believe. Okay. So during that time, right, you believe in the product and order to fit the work. Okay. So during that time, right, what was going on through your mind? Like, even though you, you know, you were a little bit upset about just everything that's been transpiring, um, were you, were you thinking of ways to like, okay, well, how, how can I better market? How can I kind of get back? Because sometimes some artists, what they do is they'll look at upcoming young talent Mm -hmm. and they will try to do a song with them or do a project with them. Did any of those thoughts ever cross your mind? No, no? I was done. I was done. I was never going to do a record. Oh, this wow. wasn't like it wasn't like I was sitting back saying I, I was I was never going to do another record. So you were like done almost at that no, point. I was no, I was done with doing any any solo projects or anything like that. I went and signed the artist. I invested a lot of time, a lot of money inside. Um, that didn't work out. Um, I just was I was writing a lot of records for different people. You know, Trey Songz, mm-hmm. Usher, and French Montana, and Gucci Man. You know, I stayed active. I stayed busy doing what I do best. Mm-hmm. But um, I had never planned on doing another record. It's just life happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And life was happening to me, happening to me so fast. And the music started coming out as a result of it to the point where I just said, well, this has to happen now because the music is making too much sense and it's talking to me in a way that this only person can sing these songs to me because mm-hmm. I'm living it. I went through a really, really tough time. You know, I was mm-hmm. sued by so many people for things that had nothing to do with me. I had bad people handling, not bad people handling my business, just people who weren't equipped. People I love and trusted. But you understand, like, 
some people who you love and you came up with, mm -hmm. they're not ready to handle tens of millions of dollars. That's you true. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they, 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 just because you trust them does not mean that they're, you know, have the adequate know-how on how to handle your business. And the thing I was scared of was CPAs and accountants because when you look on the 30 for 30 and you look at everybody's story, all they say is something like, I robbed by my account. I'm robbed by my business manager. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not going through that. I'm going to stick with people who I know, and they're going to handle my stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, understanding that you have to have somebody who's kind of, not kind of, who knows exactly how to move and how to invest and how to spend, and, not, and knows that everything is not about spending. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I was spending haphazardly, but it's more about, it could, it, it has to be some form of other streams of income flowing in, not just be right records and be spending money that I've built up off my catalog. So, mm -hmm. That's a whole other detail. So I went into a lot of, I, I fought through a lot of storms. You know, I fought through a lot of lawsuits. I fought through bankruptcies. I fought through a lot of things. And for me to come out unscathed is a miracle. Mm -hmm. But what it taught me is that no matter how good you are, um, tragedy does attack, even kings die. Yeah. And that was what made me make the record is because in, in relationship-wise, in, in business-wise, financially, I went through so much. And it kind of showed me like the, the greatest person in the world, the top of the top can go through it. And even a king can die. So the fact that king can die should show all of us that there's certain things that's inevitable, certain, mm -hmm. certain cards that if we're, we're dealt them, they're going to just, they're going to spell certain levels of disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely understandable. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of great people go through so many hardships, whether it's finances, drugs, or anything like that. Um, uh, my question you is... You know what else? And not to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. The blessed part about it was to be able to get through it before the blogs could find out. Because every day I was going through what I was going through. I was going to depositions. I was going to blogs. Um, I was forced into a bankruptcy that, I, that had nothing to do with me. And nothing that I... I didn't file for any bankruptcy, but I was forced into it because of some lawsuits. And it was like crazy. And every day I would wake up and think to myself, is today going to be the day that ball alert? Classes my face up on there. Today gonna be the day the shade room gets mm. me, and that is sad that we think that it's sad because I know that that's career suicide. Like people don't understand when you're when when people think you're done, they don't want to. It's like it's almost like they think you have to check about here today, going the tomorrow. Part, the best part about it, is I can talk about it on my terms now. Mm -hmm. After I made it through it, after I'm back in a position where I'm good, mm -hmm. and I think that that um, you know. I don't even want to talk to or do business or deal with anybody in these type of capacity who ain't been through it. That's important to me to know that you've been through it because mm -hmm. me going through it lets me know who I am. And that's what made me a man. That's what made me a king. Not just because, oh, I made millions of dollars. I was able to lose it and I'm getting back. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. That's what I'm impressed. I want anybody. I don't want anybody to be impressed with the fact that I can write a nice song or that I can dress nice. I want people to be impressed with the fact, like, oh, that man is a champion. Mm -hmm. The world came against him. He didn't ask anybody for. I didn't go to Usher. I didn't go to Chris Bosh. I didn't go to Puffy. I didn't go to nobody and say, no, I need this. Can you help me? Anybody come take my house? No, I, I manned up a house and I did what I had to do. And at times I didn't even know if I was gonna make it through it, but I made it through it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and with no support, I'm, I'm telling you, like, no support. Only person that supported me is my manager, Ben. So I'm talking about no support from my family, no support. Like, really, everybody was dependent on me, but I, I didn't even have oral support. Wow. You know, so it was just like everybody who I helped, you know, everybody who was with me, it was like I could count on how many people stayed down. But that's a blessing because now you can see who's built for this type of adversity. So, you know, that's the that's the premise behind this whole record. It's not just the part of the relationship standpoint of it. It's the point of, man, even 
the greatest, the worst things can happen to great people who mean well, who work hard, and you know, mm-hmm. even the king of the. Yeah, um, let me first start by saying, um, I think. You know, I'm, I'm spiritual, I, I, and I get that from you. I'm, I'm very big on uh, the, the phrase, uh, God won't put more on you that you can't handle. So I, 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 I do believe that you were meant to go through that. Um, what I was going to also say is that that was while you were saying all of these things about, you know, like your, your, your hardships, the first thing I thought, I, I said, wow, he did a really good job in keeping, like, the media out of it. I would have never mm-hmm. known that had you not say it, uh, said was, that. And I wonder, was it, uh, what period of time? Was this around the golden era of blogs, or? No, this was in the past three, four years. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Damn, yeah. so, so, so you just got low so and what, just. Now, what happened was, when you say God don't put more on you than handle, he does put more on you than you can handle but he can handle it, and, and we ain't meant to handle certain things. He's mm. meant to handle it for, the, for us. So what happens is I just think I had a covering. You know, I just think that, that because every day, if somebody called my phone six times in the morning and I missed it, my heart would drop. I'd say, oh, man, I'm on, I'm on some blogs. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the first thing I would think. So um, I just believe that I was fortunate enough to get through those things unscathed. Mm. You know, be able to tell my story on my, on my own terms, and that's the most important part that I was able to tell my story on my terms. And that, that, I, I wasn't in a situation where somebody had to expose because you have to understand about people. When you're up, they can't wait for you to be down. Mm-hmm. Even the people who claim to love you, they can't wait to say, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Don't they be acting like, you know, that, that, well, that happens. So I think that God's great is covering me and protecting me, you know, and um, protecting me and watching over me. I think that, that's the key to what saved me and what kept me alive. So now, if anybody was to come and say, oh, did you know that Rico had this report to this? Now it's over now. So I mm-hmm. can say, yes, yeah, so it happened on my, I, I can speak on it now. Yeah. Now, back mm-hmm. then, I would have had to do tons of damage control. I had to protect all that. I, I got the opportunity, blessed the opportunity to be able to deal with what I was dealing with. And God just put a covering over me to where I had to, I had to go through it. I had to spend time doing what I had to do. And then now, that is over, I can talk about it the way I want to talk about it and tell the real story. Mm-hmm. Because the blog spin all type of ways, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess we'll just jump into it just because I'm, I'm very straightforward. Um, the R. Kelly shit. Can, I, I want to be honest with you just because I'm a huge fan of your, of your work, and we're all huge fans, obviously. That's why you're on the show. Tell me what was going through your mind when, when you tweeted that. And then also I would like to know, because, you know, you, you worried about, like, blogs and stuff like that. You had, uh, like, a lot of people attack you. You had Joe Budden on his show attack you. You had people uh, just all across the board gunning for you. D- did this now, like, create some sort of PTSD where you're like, damn, I have to go through this all again, but now it's, like, now it's out there no. versus anything else? No, no, no. That's, let me tell you something. There are kids right now in Flint, Michigan, drinking brown water. Do you think that these people are going to be paying attention to R. Kelly in two weeks? Mm-hmm. It's over. Yeah. Come on, don't give don't give these people that much credit. They don't care about anything long that long. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't bother me or concern me. What the truth of the matter was when I posted what I posted, I hadn't even seen the show, and I still haven't seen the show. Mm-hmm. I got on Twitter and I saw people attacking people that I respect for simply saying they like this music. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't watch. I didn't know the, the show was even on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally just getting on Twitter and seeing people attack. For saying they love his music, there's nothing that can make me stop liking Templin, which I use to this day to write records. Mm-hmm. He is he, he. But what I said 
what I said was in poor taste and poor timing, mm-hmm. right? So I apologize for the timing in which I said what I said because I felt like it wasn't appropriate at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, in my defense, I didn't even know the show was on, bro. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I had no clue the show was on. I just know people were telling people, you, how dare you like his music? And I'm like, you can't tell anybody what to like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, right? If uh, you don't feel like you, if you don't feel like it's, it, but, but what I said later was, okay, I apologize because that was intuitive at the time. Mm-hmm. And right now, if, if I robbed you, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody came and said, you went to the police station and said, hey, we go love me. And the police officer said, yeah, but you know you were dead with my baby for Usher. He's like, yeah, but that's fine, but that's not what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? Yeah. Right now, we're talking about. So this, but this is the thing that did not sit well with me. When I made that statement and apologized for the timing of what I said, they said Rico Love retracts his statement. And I'm telling you, and this is all just, and I put a mature people who can handle truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not retract my statement. I apologized for the timing in which I said what I said. Anyone can force another person to not like something. What I think it's classy to do when it comes to R. Kelly is keep it to yourself. Mm. That's what I said. I said it's, a, it's classier to say, Okay, I appreciate his genius, but I don't want—I don't think that people can handle that right now. So I'm not going to speak on it. You ask me who the king of R&B, if I feel like it's him, I just won't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you feel—if you ask me who's my favorite songwriter, or R&B songwriter ever, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to go forward for the debate yeah. because I know that people can handle it. But I did not, and that's just—and I, and I, I can handle any backlash that come with that. I did not say retract what I said. I said I apologize because the timing was wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just inappropriate to glorify him at this time when people are victims and he's going through what they're going through. Yeah. So, and I think that that is a fair way of meeting people in the middle and saying, nah, bro, that wasn't right of me to do that. But I don't want people, because what happens is on Google, like the main page, it says, Rico Love retracts his statement about R. Kelly, and that's not what I did. Mm-hmm. I think it's mature for us on both ends to understand that everyone because a lot of people were saying, for years, Rico, you have a right to like what you like, but you think this is the right time. And I was wondering what they were talking about, and mm-hmm. then I did my own writing research and realized, okay, I'm just looking on Twitter, and I realized that there's a show going on. When I posted what I posted, it was mid-episode. It wasn't even mid-first uh, episode. It wasn't, the show wasn't even off yet. Yeah, that's wild bad timing. That's wild bad timing. Yeah, so when people were coming, and even with Joe Button, Joe got my number. You understand? Like, yeah. The first thing I would have done is text him, oh, what's up, bro? What you doing? Yeah. Then I would have said, oh, I didn't watch the show. Then he would have been able to educate me, and then it wouldn't have to go that far. Mm-hmm. He has my number. Yeah. And I understand everybody's position, but when we, I know, and I also understand people want ratings and want things to talk about on their show, too, and I respect that. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, I, I still have, I, I, I ended up DMing him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like showing, like people, a lot of people have to understand, um, it's difficult. Like it's difficult to look at somebody as your hero, and not and not say that they have affected you musically at all. But it's also mature to stay away from glorifying that person, even if your glorification, you're, um, you're glorifying them in a way that is just strictly on their talent. Mm-hmm. I think that the mature thing for me to do is to say, I don't think it's appropriate for me to speak about his genius right now because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable for people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about that. But I don't want people running around because now the R. Kelly fans are saying are going coming at because you damn if you do, you damn if you don't. So now I got tons of R. Kelly fans saying, "Oh, you let the white man trick you in the bubble because you know how they want to spin it." 
So my thing was, no, 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 no. I do believe that it's impossible for you to tell anybody what they should like and not like. You yeah. know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. if I made you a banana pudding, it was incredible. And then you said, oh, yeah, this was made by a Nazi supporter. Not, you was like, whoa, I don't want to eat any more of this, but it was incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get what you're saying. So, so what you're saying is, yeah, this part is good, but this other part is bad. So instead of me glorifying the good, let me just stay away from it altogether so that nobody's upset. And if I do enjoy listening to his music, it'll be on my own time when I don't offend anybody and I'm not going to be throwing it in people's face trying to be just difficult for the sake of being difficult. And I think that's what people are doing if they glorify him publicly. Yeah, Does that makes sense. That that makes yeah. that actually that makes a lot of se- uh, sense, and it adds a lot of context. Because I'm keeping it a buck. When I read the tweet, I was disappointed in you. I said, "Yo, he is one of the most talented people in the universe. Um, very connected to his family." Because I, I, you always talk about your kids and everything like that. I'm like, how how could he still like do this? Like, how could he still be for this? Well, I, let I, me ask, I was let me confused. Ask let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. All right. Even even though I, I agree that that was terrible timing, mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have. But again, I didn't know the show was on all that. But yeah. what does my family have to do with me liking that song? I want you to understand why I'm asking this because mm-hmm. people were saying to me, "You have a daughter, and you don't care about people." I'm my daughter in the car right now. R a p i n g, your daughter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "See, now we're getting ridiculous because yeah. that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even make sense." You know what I mean? Because we're all acting like somebody was saying to me, but you have to say, yeah, but almost 20 years ago, I saw a tape of him actually doing it. Yeah. You understand? And we all did. Mm -hmm. And people did tours with him and did collaborations and albums with him and did videos with him and everybody was writing records for everybody. Yeah. And we, so what I'm trying to tell you is, yes, we we definitely enabled in in some way or another, one way or another, we enabled his, um, being comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But also, you have to understand you can't point the blame to everyone else. You got to understand that that doesn't make us criminals because we all were guilty of it. Hundred percent. And again, yeah. like I say to you, if if you work in a building and you find out that the person who owns that building is a, is a is a diehard Trump supporter or a diehard Nazi supporter or 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 you go to shop at Walmart every day and you don't know that they put millions and millions of dollars in the you know putting black men in jail. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, oh, yeah, I still go to Walmart. Oh, I still watch the NFL. Does that make me, do I say to you, oh, you're a racist, bro. Yeah. You you, you have children. How could you say that? I think that that's not fair for even you to take that stance. Mm-hmm. I think that you have to say to me, Rico, hey, let me talk to you, bro. Think, Rethink this. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me tell you why you should rethink this. But what we do quick, what we're quick to do is to say, what about your, you? You have kids or, mm-hmm. or they attack. And I can understand this. If you don't approach somebody with love by nature, their nature is to be defensive. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm, I'm mature enough because you notice I did no rebuttal afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you didn't see me going back and forth in my comment. Yeah, no, you, you, you chilled re- out. You chilled after, out. After I realized what the error I had made mm-hmm. and I had a conversation with somebody very close to me, I said, well, I'm going to be in New York next week doing press. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to clear my name. And one day before I went to New York, I posted something mm-hmm. with a picture of my daughter saying, let me make you guys understand something. You know, this was a, a mistake at the time. Yeah. But also, you have to understand that you're going to make enemies out of people that could potentially be allies if you don't think wise mm-hmm. in, in, in your approach or how you, you're attacking a person who did nothing wrong. 
your frustration should not be with me. And you're going to make enemies out of people who should be your allies. For yeah. what? Mm-hmm. An intelligent person who is who is smart enough to have an amicable disagreement with yeah. you, or, or, or you can show me the light of day, and, and if you come at me in an intellectual way, you can convince me that what I did was wrong like my brother did. Yeah. Yeah. But we can't take the approach of, I'm disappointed you, Rico, you have kids. Say you're yeah. disappointing me, but the kids and the family have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't mean that I would, come on. If, if R. Kelly did anything to my kids, he'd be dead. Yeah. That's just facts. It, it wouldn't be three days of my 13-year-old daughter being missing. Yeah. It's not, come on. It's not going to be somebody dropping my, me dropping off my daughter to a studio for a grown man. She's 14. Mm-hmm. I don't care what he promised me to do musically. I work with 14-year-old and 15-year-old artists, too. But mm-hmm. guess what? Their parents stay. They have supervisors. They have people sitting in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you to blame me and say, well, what about your daughter? Come on, I can tell you what it'll be for my daughter. Yeah. It'll be headlines saying we could love murder somebody. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, I, I, I'm not saying that. What, I, what I'm more so saying is the, the parallel. So, like, for me, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. My family is 90, I'll say 80% women. So, instinctively, when I see all this shit, and mind you, I'm with you. And I said this prior to recording. We all said it. All of the albums that you named in your tweet are, are my favorite albums, right? Mm-hmm. But... I, I, I listen to them differently now, obviously, with, with context, right? Now, when, you, when we go into just everything that embodies R. Kelly and everything with the little girls and just everything, instinctively, I thought about, damn, if that was me with my little cousins or my uh, niece, I would lose it, like, automatically. So that's why I, I, I brought up the daughters, because you, you, you obviously, you know, you love your kids. Like, what, what grown man doesn't? So I thought about it, like, damn, I wonder if he thought about his kids and then still tweeted that or thought differently about it. Or I, I also thought, all right, well, maybe when, when you uh, said, you know, that it was in poor taste, maybe you thought about, like, damn, like, if this is my kid, I, I would lose it. So that's more so what I think people were talking about, not to hold you accountable. I can't hold you accountable for, for, for R. Kelly. Like, that, that's horrible. That, that doesn't make sense. But that's what everyone was doing. They were, yeah. they were really, they were basically, I had someone go as far as calling me a, a R-A-P-I-S-T. You know wow. What? Wow. <laughs> you have to understand that people are ridiculous. You have to like, understand we don't live in a... Most people, wow. the majority of people are ridiculous. Have you ever seen a Trump rally? Like most people, the majority of people are not as bright as you would like them to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not as rational as you would like them to be. Mm-hmm. There are people who are, who are going to hear this interview mm-hmm. and still be upset with the fact that I'm saying, no, 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 you have the right to like what you like. Yeah. There's, there are people who don't even know how to handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are some people. What I'm telling to those people is, you're gonna not like me anyway. Yeah. yeah. You understand? Those type of people don't like anybody anyway, except the people that they do like. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Those mm-hmm. people can't wait to attack anything. The same way Kevin Hart is going through what he's going through with what went through what he went through with the Oscars. With the Oscars. It's because it don't matter what you say. There's mm-hmm. some people who don't care what you say. Yeah. They feel the way they feel, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But what I can say, and I'm a mature Rico can say, I don't have control over how what I said made you feel, and I have to be sensitive to that. To that. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you how you feel about something. I can only tell you my intent. Yeah. Now, if you can't see my intent and say, oh, well, he, he's coming from a pure place, I can tell you he's genuine, he made an error, mm-hmm. then that means your issue with me has nothing to do with R. Kelly. Yeah, mm. I agree. It's deeper than that. And you have an issue with men or men with power or people with money or successful people. Well, you know, a lot of people have those issues, and they can't wait to have that one thing that they can pounce on us for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 
again, we got to be mature enough to understand. And, and I don't want people to mis misstate me because now I go on my, my Instagram and my Twitter. I got Artelli supporters coming at my head because they feel like, oh, you fronting on the king. And you, no, mm -hmm. no, no. Yeah. Everybody has the right to like what they like. Mm -hmm. I got friends. I have friends who are extremely homophobic. I think they're the most ignorant people in the world. Yeah. But I love them. Mm -hmm. You understand? I have a friend of mine who was the nicest guy in the world, except for the fact that he thinks that gay people are from the devil. I'm like, what is wrong? That's ignorant. Wow. But am I, am I supposed to not love him? Yeah. Because yeah. he's, you know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. supposed to try my best to educate him. Yeah. But am I supposed to say, bro, we can't be friends because, no, I love you. You're my friend. And everything else about you, right, I think is amazing. Yeah. This one thing, I have to. So what you have to say, for me to say that I think this person is talented, even if it's an error, you have to say, well, in fairness, you have the right to feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's not appropriate, but you have the right to feel it. So don't come at me for my opinion. Come at me for the timing. If I scream, I, if I scream in the middle of a funeral, that man, I'm hungry. I want pizza right now. Yeah, if I have the right to do that right now, bro. Yeah, it's a funeral. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, so, that makes sense. So that's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's well. We definitely appreciate you being open and comfortable with just telling, talking more about it, and giving your perspective. Because I know sometimes that. You know, especially for our podcast, we 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 have to ask some of these tough questions. But mm -hmm. for you to be open and honest and be comfortable and and you know having a conversation with us, we really appreciate that. Yeah, I don't fear my truth, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm intelligent enough and articulate enough to defend myself in any setting. And I'm also not afraid to allow somebody to correct me. Mm -hmm. So let's say even now, with what I'm saying, if somebody comes to me now and says, "I still don't agree with what you're saying, and this is why," and they bring some new facts or new points to my attention i'm mature enough to say oh, wow i didn't see it that way thank you and now let me speak on that yeah. so a lot of times most people most celebs especially who aren't saying anything some of them just want to stay away from it and they just feel like i don't even want to be involved and some of them they can't talk without the publicist mm -hmm. they don't understand how to defend themselves mm -hmm. they yeah. keep, they're, they're afraid they'll put their foot in their mouth mm -hmm. i'm not afraid of that yeah and and i'm i've, I've created a, a art at least as an artist i created a career of my honesty it's mm -hmm. kind of lights on how i'm in the king dial was based on me being particularly like particularly honest about certain aspects of my life mm -hmm. so why would i stop there i'm, I'm not afraid to, to say anything if i feel it because i believe in my heart that everything i do and say it comes from a pure place yeah, I want I want to double back to something that I, I thought was interesting and, and wanted to know, like, if you're still currently working through it or, or if you work through it. You mentioned that, you know, you had obviously close friends and family members that didn't really support you. And I'm, I'm just judging by how you are and, and how you are articulating yourself. I'm sure you've had those conversations. Tell me a little bit about that. How was that? Was that a difficult time? And, and have you been able to mend it and, and, and get people to understand at least where you were at that particular time? Some, you? some people remove themselves and they just remove. Oh, okay. You know, some gotcha. people just not there, and you understand that. But what I also have come to terms with is, is our relationship wasn't on an equal, we weren't equally yoked. It wasn't mm. on an even playing field. Our relationship was based on what I could do for them. Yeah. So when I was in a position to no longer be able to do that for them, why would I be upset with them for not being there? Because they, it wasn't equal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was based upon what I could do. Yeah. So so if I were, if I own a corporation and and the corporation shuts down. Why? Why am I upset with people finding new jobs? And our the extent of our relationship is based on them working for me, based upon what I could do for them. Yeah. Now, if we were partners, it's different. There's no equal partnership that that 
you know, I wasn't, first of all, I couldn't be abandoned by anybody because I fed everyone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So if anybody was feeding me, then I could feel abandoned. But nobody fed me. Gotcha. So at the end of the day, there's no bitterness. It might be, it might not be any, you know, there's no coming back from that, but it's no, you know, bitterness and no like, oh, they didn't know. I don't feel sorry for myself. You know, I was, I was planted. I wasn't buried. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes when you get planted as a seed, it's just so that you can get the nutrients from the ground and get the water and get the sun and sprout. Because mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of times people are, were impressed with the fact that I was an amazing seed. Yes. But there's an oak that's going to come from the seed. Mm-hmm. And when that oak comes up, you're going to be like, wow, that oak had to go through a lot. Yeah. In order to be the oak that it is today. And it takes time for that oak to grow like that. It, it couldn't happen like overnight. It had, yeah. it had to go through some serious you know stages i had to go through some times where the wind was going so hard the day was going to make it and when it was a twig you know so um i understand that and i i i relish in those in those moments and i appreciate those moments and those times where things were hard for me because they they made they built my character up that much more mm-hmm. well that's definitely good i mean it's it seems like obviously you had a good foundation and understanding of who you are as a person, but going through these moments, you, I guess it's like, I guess you could say it was like a sense of clarity mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of like, uh, like, like they say, a light at the end of the dark tunnel. Um, but with that, with everything that you've been through, the ups, the downs, the horrible moments, the difficult moments, um, what I usually like to ask is, especially when artists put a project after a very uh, hectic period of time in their lives, what song on your project was the hardest for you to put together, whether it was hardest to write, whether it struck up some memories or some emotional periods or even moments of stress where you just remembered everything that kind of transpired before. What was that one song that was kind of difficult for you to write? Um, Nothing was difficult to write. I think the one that touched me the, the most were uh, God Forgives yeah. and Faith. Yeah. You know, because it was just just very honest moments mm-hmm. where I was like coming to terms with some things. And and to be honest with you, a lot of the record was written before I experienced some of the stuff. There were some things that I felt mm-hmm. in my spirit was was happening, and I kind of like I started creating the record, and I started realizing that things unfolded. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is really. I, I know that I have a close relationship with God because of things that I'm feeling in my heart. So, you know. Uh, as far as difficult to write, not. Nah. I think that that's the most therapeutic part is being able to write and create. So I embrace those times and those moments. So it was nothing was difficult. But I think if you listen to God forgives, you can honestly hear the pain and the passion and the, you know, tragedy in it. Yeah, God forbid. Uh, God forgives is one of my favorite records. That in Paradise on, on the project. Um, yeah. I, I want to get to know a little bit about you as far as like just your creative. Uh, I guess quirkiness or genes what what is it that you do is there like a set type of way that you record or is there something that uh helps you yeah helps you get in, in into your bag to just write the way that you write and then after you write it do you kind of like shock yourself like damn i really wrote some some shit <laughs> um you know what no I, I really i've been doing it so long and i record every day and i go to studio as much as possible mm-hmm. um but no, but it's like LeBron scores 35 points. It's like a great game, but he kind of knows he can do it. Yeah. Mm. He's excited, but when he scores 60 or 70, then he's like, whoa. You know? So I just think that at certain moments where 
you feel like, damn, I get that. That's, that's, that's really good. I'm impressed. But well, most of the time, when you do something so much and you love it so much, you don't really think about, wow, it's more like the therapy that I needed for it to be. It's, when it comes to my records, yeah. it's more like therapy. Yeah, you, because some, you, things, some things you'll get the opportunity to talk to people about. And you, even though you want to talk about certain things, there's no one who can understand what you're going through at that particular moment. So you just write it. Yeah. At least in my case. Well, well, first I want to say you just stunned it on us. I just want to, I just want to point that out. That was like the most humblest brag I've ever heard. I was like, no, nah, I just, I just dropped fifty here and there, and you know, just, I, I just, I just do this. Like I ain't really got to, I ain't really got to worry about all this. What you talking about? Like it's just natural. Um, with, that's dope though. I really do like yeah, that. Talk your shit. Yeah, talk, talk your, your shit. shit. Um, I do want to say though, as as you as this project comes out, or just any of your records, has there been a, uh, ever been a time where one of your close friends, relatives, or even someone that you've been uh, seeing has come up to you like, "Yo, what's this record about, man? Like, what's up? You good? Like, what do you, what's going on?" Oh, yeah, yeah. I, this, this entire album. Yeah. Really coming to me and really kind of like figuring out my mind. Mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm mean, I'll just say this is just an honest value work. Yeah. And. The truth of the matter is, is you can hurt somebody. You could be the best person in the world. But when you hurt somebody, they're going to get their revenge one day. And yeah. especially in the parameters of a relationship. And that's Definitely. what you can keep the this as well. It's like, yeah, you're, you're a good, normal person now. But in the end of the relationship, you did some foul stuff. Yeah. And you have to understand that she's going to come back and get her revenge. Mm -hmm. You know? That's life. Well, so it's not a situation where I feel sorry for myself. It's not a situation where I say, well, how could you? No, it's just like, all right, cool. Even though uh, I'm doing, I was doing the right thing, you still got to meet the makeup for the things that you did before. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something, something people don't want to face. So this wasn't a bitter record about, girl, you did this to me. Or, no, I was just like, what did I expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's kind of like, all right, I, I asked for it at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I do have other questions too. In reference to like, I'm, I look at the track listing and, and people that you work with. Are you, you you seem very particular in who you work with? It's not just about money with you. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like, why are, are, are you really? Is it like a almost like a gel thing? Like the energy has to be right or right placement, right time? Like, talk to me about that. I, I mostly gotta like somebody, like okay. some artist. But then sometimes it's just like relationships with friends. Mm -hmm. Because I never would have thought that, that doing a um, record for City Girls would be such a big record. You yeah. Know? It's just like who would thought that I would I twerk for City Girls and I would be, you know, doing what it's doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you just never know. Yeah. That, that wasn't in my plans. That was just like a friend of mine. Was like, mm -hmm. yo, can you work with a City Girl? Of course, anything for you, you know? Mm. So then that happens. So some things it's just, most of the time it's really about me liking the Odyssey vibe or whatever. And then other times it's just like, you know, we we got in and we made some dope shit. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. Um, I guess the other thing, what what else uh, can we be expecting from you, Rico? Because I, I I'm hoping that you won't go vanish into the mist again and disappear with all no, this no, hot no, fire no. that disappear you just dropped. Pen. Yeah, like I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I can take that again. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to release more visuals for the album. Okay. Um, I'm going to radio with some records. I'm gonna um, gonna be ton of content, and also I'm releasing uh, even Kings by Reboot in March, where we're gonna mm. do remix remixes to each record mm. and features things like that. We got CI confirmed, we got Fab, we got Big Crit, Libra Jolie, like a whole bunch of dope artists gonna add different things elements to the records. Okay. And then um, you know, and then I got this Rico Love Presents platform 
where we're going to be finding the dopest artists around the country, putting out a five-song EP each quarter, paying each artist $5,000 each. To have oh, a wow. song written by me, produced by me, wow. and just creating this playlist, if you will, with different themes each market, each, each um, quarter. So um, it's just so much more content and understanding how to utilize the streaming services and understanding how to get the best out of your DSPs. And, mm-hmm. and it's just me understanding and learning the business from an executive standpoint and creating the, the my my version of what I saw Puff do with Bad Boy mm-hmm. in my own way, especially as the times have changed and it's not realistic to have a label roster with 25 acts. Yeah. It's not the times anymore. But Rico Love presents is my opportunity on breaking tons of acts simultaneously and building my own brand and owning it, you know. Okay, that's pretty dope. Um, I, I have one more question that I really want to know. How did you get to be in such a zen place? Like, you've had a lot of ups and downs, clearly, that we, we all didn't know about on, on this show until now. You seem very grounded. Very, like, what, what was the, I guess, the awakening moment or conversation or life flashing before your eyes? Whatever it was, what happened to you that now you're just very sound and very at peace and, just, and, and you kind of know where, where you're at in life? I mean, we all have our days, you know, mm-hmm. and um, there are days some better than others. But but one thing I learned was if if I can't control it, I can't control it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's say let's say I would have lost my home. Let's say I would have, you know, lost everything. Let's say I would have been, ex- you know, exposed for lack of better words on the blog sites. Mm-hmm. What could I actually do about that? Yeah, you know, and and and. If if I believe that those things happen and I'm bigger than God, then I, that's the, their first mistake. Yeah, you understand. So mm-hmm. no, I have come to terms with everything in life, even things that I hate, even ideas that I would hate to have to face. If they were to happen, what can I actually do? Yeah. I can only control what I can control. Mm-hmm. And I know who I am. And I know how hard I work, and I know how talented I am. I cannot stress over things that are out of my control. Mm-hmm. I can only take care of the things I can't take care of and then trust the process for everything else. Yeah. I guess last thing, if you had to talk to, well, you have your own artist now that I'm thinking about it, what what type of advice do you give your artists? Because you've, you've been through a lot. What, what are some of the things that you tell them fresh out the gate? If you had to give them maybe two things that they should never let leave them being in such a muddy industry, what would it be? Um, be nice for the sake of being nice. Hmm. That's it. Don't be nice to people because you feel like they're going to be nice back to you. Don't give to people because you feel like you're going to get some return. Do good just to be doing good because I've done good for people expecting for them to reciprocate it, and I've been heartbroken by the fact that they couldn't. They weren't wired and built the way that I'm wired and built. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give an industry lesson. I want to give a life lesson. If you want to be kind to someone, be kind to them because you are kind. Don't be kind expecting for them to be reciprocated when things, when the tables turn, because they won't most of the time. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm a, can, can I steal that from you? Like, if I get, if, <laughs> if I get an intern or something, I could just we could just use it. Yeah, like, that's, 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 for, that's for you to use, man. Yeah, I really like that response, and, and it, it tells me something about you, especially being in this industry for as long as you've been, and, and being and, around the and, people and, that and you've be, been and, around, yeah, and being around the people that you've been around, and, and myself and Aaron have been in the music business for quite some time, and you and I both know how muddy and, and grimy this industry could be. So for and you unkind. to still, yeah, for you to still have that sentiment and still have that feeling, regardless of all of the hardship you've been, you've been through, I, I've gained a new level of respect for you. I, I must say, 
Yeah, man. I appreciate that. That's just the way I am and the way I view the world, you know? Yeah. And I'm not perfect. I'm totally flawed in so many different ways. But one thing about my heart is pure. And I don't want anybody. I never want to intentionally hurt anybody. And I want everybody. I want the best for everybody. Mm. I think that that's, that's the making. That, that, that's what I want to be known for. And that's, that's what I want to represent who I am. If anybody wants to describe me, that's why I want to be described. Mm. I like that. I like that. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm, I've, I've learned a lot from you. Um, Same. I, I'm, this was really an enlightening conversation, I'm, I must say. Did you enjoy this? You was so this cool? Were, were we good? <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing for me. Amazing for me to be able to express myself to intelligent people who, you know, don't take what I say personal or understand that it's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. Those are the best conversations to have. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, we definitely appreciate it. And we, like, there are things that you said that we definitely understand, you know. Even yeah. when we have certain conversations, whether it's music, whether it's culture, it, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose situation. We've yeah. had people, you know, we've had a very intellectual conversation conversation about the r kelly situation and we had people that they, turned it into something else or started, started threatening, us, started threatening us and we're just like we how can we not have these conversations if we can't have these conversations then how can we do good or how can we change things or how can we progress can and if we, we can't like yeah, yeah. so we yeah. definitely understand where you're coming from definitely um, I appreciate that. Well, well, we just want to say, like we say, because the same way you're particular, this is us popping our collar on you now, Mr. Rico. <laughs> the same way you're particular, who you work with, we are very particular. So we, we first want to say thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank you for, you know, having this conversation because it, it, it really was important for us and it clearly was important for you to be able to have an honest conversation. So thank you. And then also, we just want to say you will forever be a part of our family. We'll, we'll continue to support you in, mm-hmm. in, in anything. So you have an open platform with us at any time. That's what we tell all of our guests that are with us. Yep. You've been you, rooted. You, you've been rooted. So you're part of the family now. Uh, and and we'll continue to root that. for you and, and do everything to, to uplift you because we, we definitely fuck with you. So I, we appreciate you. I appreciate it so much. Seriously. And um, let, let, let everyone know where you can be found at your Twitter, Instagram, everything. So we can, uh, you know, get you some some views, some likes. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at I am Rico Love. Follow me on Twitter at I am Rico Love. Um, Facebook, Rico Love Music. You use you use Facebook? No, nah, I don't, but, you know, it's uh, Just got to say, okay. Right. <laughs> it's part of the spiel. Yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, I just want to make sure. All right, cool. All right, um, that's it. Go check out uh, Rico Love's new project, amazing project, and that's not biased just because he's on our show. Um, even Kings Die, and he actually breaks down uh, – even Kings died, the meaning and where that derives from. So please go check that out. And um, that said, we we are uh, we're we're good. We're good. Yeah. So my name is Aaron Thank Ashley Simon. Go. I'm Brandon Kilabeach Hall, and our special guest, as always, Rico Love. Thank you, kind sir. Hey.